This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. It is the dream of the challenger to become champion. The crowning achievement in a lifetime of yearning. It is the dream of the champion to aspire to excellence, his legacy indelibly etched in the annals of time. Shawn Michaels, the confident challenger, a maverick who spits in the face of adversity. Bret Hart, a triumph of tenacity, the mighty ring general who stands in defiance of defeat. Tonight, for one illustrious hour in the Iron Man match, we will witness their passion, applaud their heroics, Marvel at their gift to enthrall. Two craftsmen engaged in an extraordinary athletic event. Two men bound by the dream. After 60 grueling minutes, one man, exhausted, will have his arm raised high. The quest realized, the challenge overcome. One man, expended, will breathe loneliness. Unwilling to surrender, he will have been stripped of the dream. WrestleMania 12 time. Yay. I would say things are a-changing for the World Wrestling Federation. It's a-happening, yes. as Gino would say. Yes. Um, Hulk Hogan's gone. Yay. Uh, new stars are being brought up. Yay. We still have Diesel. Yay. Oh, okay. That is more than <laughs> shit here. But uh, I'm not sure if this is a network edit, but they didn't have a, uh, they didn't have the, they aren't doing the uh, America the Beautiful anymore. Yeah, you know, I I don't know if it was a network edit or not. Um, part of me wants to say that it probably wasn't because it was, you know, the mid 90s and everything was edgy. Yeah, true. But yeah, so De- WrestleMania 12 definitely feels like they finally got their shit together and finally figured out like storytelling and like, you know, like what I really liked was they actually had video packages and stuff recapping feuds, whereas before they didn't, 
yeah, or if they did, they really were very... Felt, it felt like a modern, a more modern WWE pay-per-view because of that. <clears throat> yes, very much so. So, where did WrestleMania 12 come from? Where did it emanate from? I don't remember. Neither do I. We're cutting that part out. Okay. So, WrestleMania 12. Let's get into it. We got a lot to cover. What do you, do you so were you watching at this time? All right, so 1996, I was 5 now, years old. Oh wow. So, yes, I was watching, but honestly, like do I remember a lot of this stuff? Not really so much. I remember certain people like Stone Cold and Bret Hart and and those and Shawn Michaels, but individual matches and things like that, no. Yeah, I was 11 at the time, and I was not watching. I'd watched early on during, like, Jake the Snake and Big Boss Man, Hulk Hogan era, maybe early 90s, and then kind of fell out of it. Uh, so WrestleMania 12, this is the first time I've actually watched. I, I, I Interestingly enough, I'd watched this show on VHS from a friend of my mom's. I had gotten... Interestingly enough, the I forget the event from WCW where it was Stone Cold defending the U.S. title against I think it was Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and he lost it super quick. Hmm. I don't remember what the pay per view was. Um, I think it was a Clash of Champions, if I'm not mistaken. I could be completely wrong though. Yeah, I mean it could have been a Clash, and that would have been taped off of television because that was just maybe on it wasn't. Maybe maybe it wasn't. Um, Hacksaw either. I don't remember. But, uh, and then I remember getting WrestleMania 12. And I don't remember a lot of the matches. I only remember the Iron Man match. But, I mean, this is the first time I've had to go back and watch it since I was maybe 13 or 14. And holy crap. Um, wow. Let's just say, uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of mixed emotions here. When it comes to the Iron Man match and the mm. pay-per-view overall. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of faces that debuted here that are going to continue to prop up for the next several years. Yep. So, I mean, that's a positive. Oh, definitely. Um, a lot of good people. Some bad people. Yeah, Definitely. So WrestleMania 12 was hosted by Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler. That they were. So, and uh, yeah, Vince was kind of doing his, this is my serious voice the entire time. Yes, except when in, the, in the intro, I said that uh, we had a great opening package the first time in WrestleMania history. The video highlights the importance of the WF title. And the Iron Man match being the first thing. I actually watched the Raw before, and they had the same intro that they kind of played with uh, in the intro here. They played that on Raw. They also had the ever-popular music video, Start My Fire, featuring Bret Hart. A Sammy oh. award-winning video. But it was kind of interesting. They, they, they glossed over, like, you know, Hart and his reign and... You know, very much it was put on Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario. And, oh, this is going to be big if Shawn wins. 12-year-old boy Shawn, oh, man. 
he he wants this. So obviously knowing the outcome, I still kind of felt like it slanted to Sean a bit, but Brett, I guess, came out just as well. Sean came up as like the plucky underdog, where Brett came up as the you know, the stalwart veteran, you know, has been around the block. And it was just funny because, you know, Brett doesn't have very much of a, a mean guy voice at, the, at this time, at least. He was just like, yeah, that's Shawn Michaels. He's, uh, he's pretty good, but, uh, you know, I, I've been around, you know, I, I've been in some championship matches, you know, don't, don't come. And then me he out. immediately apologized because he's Canadian. Probably. Yeah, but he was just, like, talking, like, everyday speak, you and me. Yeah, you know, what I think it is is uh, I think you are right when you say that the video packages were definitely slanted more towards Sean uh, because Sean was definitely pegged to be the next top person when he won here. Spoiler alert, we'll get into it. But it didn't it didn't end up working out due to other things but i th- i think that's definitely why uh the video package was more in favor of Sean than Brett because Vince was like that's my guy that yeah. long haired dude yeah no he definitely liked Sean um especially WrestleMania 13 we'll get into that well, on yes, uh, we'll next week's episode too. uh so yeah so we get the opening graphics, uh, or video package, I should say. We get a graphic of a helicopter flying around the WrestleMania logo. And uh, we start the show by Vince McMahon yelling at us about how great WrestleMania is. And we open the show with Jerry Lawler and, and Vince. Um, and King says yeah. that he can't wait for the, uh, for the backlog brawl. Oh, oh yes, the backlot brawl, which we'll get into. I do have a note about the helicopter, which was, this is the best helicopter I've seen on film since Golgo 13. Oh, man. That's awesome. All right. So, our first match is Vader, Owen Hart, and British Bulldog versus Yokozuna, Ahmed Johnson, and Jake the Snake Roberts. So kind of a mishmash of old and new. Uh, uh, this is the first time we've seen Ahmed Johnson. And uh, obviously we've seen the rest of these guys. Oh, and Vader. We haven't seen Vader before. Either. No, we haven't seen Vader before. Vader's fresh in from the WCW, WCW where he yep. just got off of having a monster run there where he won the championship three times. And uh, Ahmed Johnson got hired because he's big. Yeah. Hey, I was actually pretty impressed with Ahmed Johnson. And uh, he sucks. In, in, interestingly enough, the next night on Raw, guess who debuts? Goldust. No. No, Mankind. Yes. I was going to say, Goldust isn't a fucking match. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Um, so, Goldust is always the funnier answer, though. There you go. So, the crux of the story. Is if Yokozuna, if Yokozuna's team wins, he gets five minutes alone with James E. Cornette. So that's the crux of the match. So both teams start off with uh, Ahmed does a suicide dive over the top rope, and finally Yokozuna and Vader start off the match. 
And uh, Vader throws several red hands, and Yokozuna just kind of waves him off. Owen then tags, I'm oh, sorry, then uh, Owen is then tagged in and hits a big chop from Yokozuna. Yokozuna then. Uh, Yokozuna hits a running splash and misses uh, with help from the British Bulldog. Vance is not happy that the ref is taking his time to get Owen out of the ring. He was very much a stickler for the rules. You know, admonishing the ref. Get him out of there, ref. God, what are you doing? Yeah, he's probably like, I'm paying you so much money. Get out of this ring. God damn, pal. We have rules. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the ref sneezed in front of Vince McMahon earlier in the day, and then Vince decided to take it out on him on air. Yes. Um. So finally, Owen gets out of the ring. Um. Yokozuna's uh worked over while the ref's back is turned. Owen beats up on on Yokozuna. Vader is now back in, and he hits punches, uh, and stiff shots. Yokozuna then hits a rock bottom on Vader, and Vader gets a tag to Ahmed Johnson, and he tears apart all members of Vader's team, and then he hits a power slam on Bulldog. Vader comes in and cheap shots Ahmed, and the ref doesn't really do much about it. Ahmed comes back with a flying clothesline on Vader. Ahmed then tries for a, a Pearl River plunge, but Cornette distracts the ref, and allows Owen to hit uh, his missile dropkick from the top rope to take Ahmed down. Uh, Ahmed and Owen, even Bulldog, like, everyone looked really good so far. It's a really very quick match. A lot of tags back and forth. Um, he then, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that it's, it's surprising because Ahmed Johnson, um, I know you said you liked him, but like, He's just—he's not very good. Oh no, I, I agree. He's not a technician by any means, but I was really shocked at how fast he was moving around. He was doing freaking suicide dives and everything else. I was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, I think this is before. Like, the, I think this is right after his, he debuted because at one point he got hurt, and when he came back, he was just not good. And then, of course, later on, he became Big T in WCW. Big T. And then they, they fought feud. with Booker T over the letter T. The letter T, yeah. Um, but yeah, the Pearl River plunge is probably uh, is probably the best maneuver that he knows, which is basically a tiger driver, a la Misawa. But yeah, I don't know. It was it was an interesting match so far. Continue. Yeah, definitely it was an interesting match. Um, so big insecurity on Ahmed, uh, and he tags Invader once again. Noticeably, Bulldog has barely done anything at this point. I thought maybe he was hurt or something, but no, he he finally he eventually gets in. Uh, Ahmed gets a tag to Jake the Snake, and he hits several left hands on Owen, and then shorten uh, short arm clothesline, and then he calls for the DDT, but Owen slips out by holding on to the top rope. Uh, all three men triple team. Jake the Snake at once, and once again, Vince is annoyed. A front face lock by the British Bulldog on Jake the Snake. Slowly, Jake gets back to his feet, but can't make anything happen, and once again, uh, falls into the corner of the team of Vader and Owen. Vader is then tagged in and hits a big clothesline. Um, 
Owen uh, comes off with an elbow drop off the top rope for a two count on Roberts. Owen Hart then does a stump puller, and Bulldog is tagged in and hits a running power slam, but Jake the Snake kicks out at two. Vader then hits a big splash, and Roberts kicks out at two again. Roberts slowly crawls over to his corner, and Yokozuna gets the tag, and so does Vader. Yokozuna is hammering the hell out of Vader in the corner uh, as the crowd erupts in cheers. He then takes out the remaining members of the team uh, with a double noggin knocker uh, on Owen and Davy Boy. A Samoan drop uh, on Davy, and Jake the Snake is tagged back in, and another DDT attempt is broken up. And now the match at this point is broken down where all the teams are fighting. DDT by uh, DDT by Jake the Snake on Bulldog. But the ref is distracted with Cornette. Jumps up and hits Roberts with the tennis racket. Uh, but Vader comes in and hits the Vader bomb on Jake the Snake for the win. Your winners, Vader, Owen Hart, and British Bulldog. What were your... What did you think about this match? I mean, I thought it was interesting because... Um... It was an interesting mix of of people. Um, Yokozuna obviously had something to do with Owen Hart and British Bulldog prior to this. Um, Well, they had the Jim Z. Cornette thing. Right. And I, but the other two, like uh, Jake the Snake at this point is in his kind of born again Christian gimmick. Was he? Yeah. Was he really? Because I'll be honest, I had no clue. He just came out and wrestled. He didn't get any mic time. He didn't do anything. Yeah, well, it, the only reason I know that is because that's this is around the time that he comes back with that gimmick. Oh, okay. And, and of course, the King of the Ring happens this year. That that he, is true. So, um, so there's that. Ahmed Johnson is kind of like a upper mid Carter who's getting a push. Mm-hmm. So he's. He was in this match to get airtime, I guess. And Vader's I really in- liked Ahmed Johnson. I even said it in my notes. Ahmed Johnson was freaking awesome. He's very agile. And even the other participants are awesome in the group. This was a great match. I loved this match. Yokozuna, you know, he had his weight problems. I was actually kind of shocked he was still with the World Wrestling Federation at this point. But even he had his spots where it's like he came off of this big guy who was strong. And you had Owen, who was, you know, playing the little guy. But he was speedy, and he could do things like missile drop kicks and you know, things of that nature. Like I thought, I felt like every person in this match, they got to play to their strengths. Yes, I think I think it was good that they could do that, and they could hide behind um, tags and smazes and things like that when <laughs> yeah. things weren't weren't going. Because to be honest, Jake uh, the Snake didn't do much. He kind of no. just came in and. And uh, oh, I'll do the DDT. I'll do the oh no, got got broken up. You know. Well, to be fair, I, to be fair, it's it's good that nothing awful happened because he was probably drunk all the time during this <laughs> Jesus time too. Christ. <laughs> yeah, probably. But yeah, I, I really, really liked this match, and man, it was such a shame to look at that and go, dead, 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 shit. Kind of sad. I, I, yeah, you know what? I don't know if anybody in that match is besides Jake the Snake is still alive. Um, I don't know. I don't know about Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson's still around. I think. I think he is. 
Now, well, now I'm curious. Oh, Jim Cornette's still alive. Of but, course. But. Yeah, he's he's still around. Okay. He retired in 2003. Yeah, right after WCW closed. Uh, so that's good. Glad he's still around and kicking. So yeah, Ahmed Johnson's still around. And saying, obviously, James E. Cornette's still around. Um, so, yeah, I really, really like this match. This is a great match. And um, just, uh, it was really fun. And I was really surprised to see that, you know, they didn't fulfill the five-minute deal. Obviously, James E. Cornette would have died there. Because he would have sat on him. Yes, definitely. And he couldn't yell about Kenny Omega. Yes. So, interestingly enough... They play a video package about Roddy Piper, but it's narrated by a very, very young-sounding Michael Cole. Yeah, no, this is not the, like, yeah, I was like, the is that Michael Cole? Yeah, it was Michael Cole. So, what's interesting, uh, in the network release, and I don't know if they did this for the DVD, I don't know. I went and Googled because later on, they King mentions the Huckster and the Nacho Man. Okay, guys, we need a new slogan for our wrestling show. How about uncut, uncensored, uncooked? Ah, no, we, we've already stolen that one. How about ripping off unbelievable? You know, like, not believable. Yeah, like Ted's wrestling is not believable. Boys, this is no time to start telling the truth. We really need something original this time. How about this is where the good old boys play? Or even just the old boys play. Who are you calling old, brother? What did I just tell you guys? This is no time to start telling the truth. Yes, Nacho Man. Let's lie. How about this is where the big boys play? Yeah. Ah, I like that. It's just dishonest enough to work. But what if all our stars have to take a legitimate drug test for steroids? You don't have to worry about that, brother, because we're not in the WWF anymore. Yes, this this is where the big boys play. The new WWF generation. There's nothing old or artificial here. They didn't play those, but I remember clearly watching that back then and seeing it. So I was like, I, I went and Googled, like, you know, network edits for WrestleMania 13 and found, like, Todd Pettengill had originally did the voiceover for all the video packages, but they were redubbed by Michael Cole. That explains to me why he sounded so fucking bored. Because mm. in, the, in, the, in the video, Michael Cole didn't have his upbeat personality. It was really like he was just reading a script, like, oh, man, Goldust and Roddy Piper... Have had their troubles with each other, and Goldust with his mind games. And I was like, "Gee, why is he sound so bored? This is WrestleMania." And then I think, you know, then I read that. I was like, "Oh, well, that makes sense." But yeah, yeah, it's interesting though that they even bother to dub, dub it over because they don't edit out Todd Pettengill. Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Well, it's like they they edit out other weird stuff out too. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, that goes over the feud leading up to the backlot brawl. And then we go into the backlot brawl. Rowdy Piper versus Goldust. And I gotta say, God, even I have my wife. So it's kind of funny. My wife actually sat down and watched WrestleMania 12 with me. Mm-hmm. And she goes, this is so much more fun than the current version of WWE. I was like, why do you say that? She's like, it feels like it's less scripted. She's like, I don't know what's going to happen, 
But now it seems like it's all formulaic. And I was like, oh my God. She barely watches wrestling with me. But she can tell how bad the product is today in 2018. Yeah. I mean... I I made her watch The Raw before WrestleMania with me. And she was hmm. so creeped out. And I was creeped out too. There was a segment where Goldust talked to a mannequin version of Rowdy Piper. And it was creepy. And then he finally smashed it. Yeah. I I mean... Okay, so to a certain degree, I I agree with you that the segments on current day WWE are not so great because of the scripting. But I think the matches themselves are better. Oh, no, no, of course. But they're very, very formulaic. It's like, watch watch a Seth Rollins match. Not to get on a tangent here. Everything, he does the same things over and over and over again. And he got a bad reaction recently because of that. Yes. So, um, um, but yeah, but, to get, get back on topic here. Backlot yeah. Brawl. I know this is one of the highly, highly remembered, uh, very, I don't know if you call it famous. I don't know. This is one of the things a lot of people seem to remember about WrestleMania 13. 12. Or 12, sorry, 12. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is something that it is really remembered. It, it But it, to be perfectly honest, it, it does not age well. No, and we'll get into why that. So, yes. Backlot Brawl, Rowdy Piper, who apparently is the president of the WWF this time. Well, Jack Tunney um, got kicked out a while ago. and um, wait, wait, so what was Gorilla Monsoon then? Gorilla Monsoon was the president. Wait, that's what Rowdy Piper was. Yeah, no, I think they made, uh, they, they made an announcement that Gino became the president then. <sighs> During WrestleMania. Okay, whatever. Anyway, a gold Cadillac speeds towards Roddy Piper, but gold dust stops and then revs the engine. Piper, with a baseball bat, smashes the driver's side window and then the rear window also. He then chokes out gold dust with the bat, a trash can to the head uh, of gold dust, and a small crowd cheers on Roddy. Piper then grabs a fire extinguisher, or sorry, a fire hose, and sprays down gold dust, and making everything wet and slippery. Um, after taking a beating for a while, gold dust hits a low blow on Piper, and then gets back behind the wheel of the car and drives away, crashing into the for- into the Ford Bronco that's like just next to him. I, I don't know if you're supposed to ram into it by accident, but uh, he did. Uh, Piper then runs after the Cadillac, but it gives up, so then he runs to the Bronco and then drives off. Piper, uh, then, like I said, drives off, and then they cut. And that's it. That's a backlog roll so far. We will come yeah, back to uh, it. Um, there was one point where, um, Piper, like, hits Goldust, like, next to a dumpster or something. And, yes! And Vince McMahon says, that's vintage Piper! Yes. And I'm like, huh, so what? that's where Michael Cole got it. No, I actually have that in my notes during the uh, uh, Undertaker match, I think. But yes, I have the exact same note of like, oh, Vince McMahon uses vintage something something. Like, that's where Michael Cole got it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you think of the first line? I mean, like, I don't know, it's kind of weird because, like, they just kind of show up on this lot and, like, there's food randomly put out and... Like, right. I I think 
I think the brawl itself is fine. The fighting, whatever, is fine. The problem is, and the reason this doesn't age well, is because the reason they're fighting is because Roddy Piper is afraid of a gay man. Yes. Almost. And he keeps on. Hom- and, and he. You know, yeah, he's very homophobic, and he keeps on saying, "I'm going to make a man out of you." Yes, during the thing, he goes, "I'm going to make a man out of gold dust." Like, oh Jesus! Um, like, at least ugh. King was, at least King was somewhat okay. He wasn't calling him the F word or anything. Well, yes, but, but he did do that on Raw. He did, yes. All right, <laughs> another great match I really enjoyed: Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Savio Vega. I didn't even yeah. know Stone Cold was on this. Well, tech, yeah, I mean, I, I know they called him Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, he was a million dollar champion. He was still, he was still basically the ringmaster at this point. Yeah, he just... came out with with Million Dollar Man, and he was quiet and weird. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Doc Hendricks is with uh, Savio Vega on the. And on Superstars, Austin and Savio Vega were a tag team, apparently. But Austin wouldn't tag into Savio. And Austin then hit a flying elbow onto Vega. Onto Vega and then hit the Million Dollar Dream submission hold. So now they're feuding. And facing each other at WrestleMania. Literally, it happened like three days prior. Yeah, but you know, this is Stone Cold Steve Austin's first feud in the WWF. And then he... Goes on to bigger and better things. Oh, yeah. So, um, Austin attacks as soon as the bell rings, but they end up trading punches, and Vega hits a sidewalk slam, and again, they roll around the ring trading punches, and they actually fall to the outside. They keep brawling all over the ringside. A hard shot by Vega, finally. Back to the ring, and they continue uh, brawling. Stone Cold throws Vega to the, uh, the shoulder first into the ring post, and then follows up with stops to the back. A quick two count by Austin. Uh, during the match, Piper is on a cell phone and says that he isn't going to let it end this way. And you hear police sirens in the background. Uh, so awesome. Once again, Hot Rod is back on a cell phone. Meanwhile, Austin is uh, hits a diving elbow drop to Vega from the uh, top rope for a two count. Austin uh, hits boots to the gut. Vega is diving, uh, hits a driving cross body for a two. Austin was back with a Lutez press, and uh, Vega hits a victory roll, and then both reverse into pins, all for two counts. That was kind of cool. They kept maneuvering into uh, victory rolls and, and and things of that nature. Um. They fight uh, for backslides. And now there's aerial footage of a white Bronco with cops following it. And it's actually O.J. Simpson footage. And yes. Vince McMahon and... says, hey, this looks somewhat familiar. Uh... <laughs> like cl- Even my wife was like, wait a minute. When he saw that she was on a Bronco and she's like, He's driving a white bro OJ Simpson? I was like, just watch. Okay. And then so sure enough it comes on, she goes, Are they really using the OJ Simpson footage? Yes, yes they are. 
supposedly Vince McMahon wanted to get O.J. Simpson onto WrestleMania, but he couldn't come up with the money to do so. What? What? If I was O.J. Simpson, I'd want nothing to do with anything. I know, it's like, it would be like if Chris Benoit didn't die and then, like, he showed up in TNA. What's Chris Benoit doing in the impact zone? I know, right? It's like, what is going... Yeah, it's like... Are you saying if Chris Benoit, like, still murdered his family but didn't kill himself and he was found not guilty? Right, and then he just showed up somewhere else? It would be the exact same thing. Oh, God, I don't even want to think about that. That's awful. I don't want to think about it either, but... That's awful. Yes, but I know. It's a... OJ Simpson isn't a wrestler. What the fuck is all? What the fuck would OJ Simpson do at wrestling? Hey guys, this is the Backlot Brawl, featuring a white Bronco. What would he do? He's the special guest timekeeper. Probably. I don't know. Probably go up to somebody and say you got juiced. I don't know. <laughs> you got juiced. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. I'm I'm going back to my notes now. Um, <clears throat> Austin slowly climbs the second rope and then to the third rope and jumps off but is caught to a boot to the chin both men are down and the ref counts uh, to eight and both men get up where they start trading punches once again a big back body drop by Vega and uh, Vega keeps hitting clotheslines and then he tries for a spinning leg lock or leg kick but misses and hits the referee the Million Dollar Man grabs the Million Dollar Championship belt and hands to Austin, who clocks Vega in the head. Uh, he then goes off the apron and smashes it again against the back of the head of Vega. Tim White slowly wakes up and uh, is pretty much dead and allows Austin to put the sleeper hold on the, uh, the Million Dollar Man, uh, the Million Dollar Hold on to uh, Vega as Tim White wakes up. Uh, I think Millionaire Man poured popcorn into Tim White. I, I didn't. I didn't notice what he poured on him, but Millionaire Man poured something onto Tim White that wakes him up. Uh, Vega then hands lifted three twi- twice, and then the third time it falls, and that's the first time I've ever seen someone get actually like not. Respond to the three handfuls. So your winner, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I mean, usually you do get the dramatic stop down, but generally, like in squash matches and things like that, that you would see on television, they would they would do the three and you're out sort of deal. Especially like when Roddy Piper was using the sleeper hold a lot and hmm. stuff like that. Okay. But, yeah, yeah I know really... it, it was interesting to see Stone Cold Steve Austin because his character right now really wasn't super defined. No, he was kind of just like this very focused, very good. Like even Vince McMahon was like, this guy's a technician. And you could clearly see that Million Dollar Man, you know, was the mouthpiece. And Austin was just kind of there to take names and and whatnot. But you did see him do a few things that were that would become his flares. Like for example, for example, like he was on the second rope to do an elbow drop at one point, and he kind of did the little middle finger dance that he yeah. did a little bit. 
So he was doing a few of those things. Um, but it would certainly become more pronounced when he was finally on his own. But what was, what was interesting to me was Savio Vega because Savio Vega, um, I think kind of gets a bad rap a little bit. Like a lot of people I, that I talked to from who watched during this time don't like Savio Vega. They just think he's like a fat Puerto Rican guy. But he can but he move. Pretty, yeah, he's he's very talented. Um, and I looked him up a little bit later, and um, he trained Sami Zayn on, in how to wrestle. Really? Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah. he's still he's still doing uh still doing God's work, I guess. There you go. Yeah, I really really enjoyed this match. I mean, this was definitely for Austin's neck injury in '97 with Owen Hart. So, I mean, he was freaking crisp, and and not to put any you know anything bad about Savio Vega, he could move. They both could move. They both could work. I mean, they seem to have really good chemistry yeah. with each other. And I really, really enjoyed this move. The 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 match. I really enjoyed the reversals uh, into the multiple pinfall attempts. I mean, this was awesome. For 1996, this was something you weren't... That kind of felt like this was like a standout match of styles you weren't normally seeing. Um, they could brawl. They could do all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I really like this match. After the match, Austin would not relinquish the hold. Finally, another ref comes down, and Austin releases the hold. And he, then he taunts the crowd. Now the Bronco is weaving in and out of traffic, and McMahon says, This footage looks familiar. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Perfect, <laughs> he is doing, uh, doing backstage commentary work. Yeah, he hurt his back. Um, oh, while, he hurt his back a while ago, and then he was going to retire um, from in-ring competition and started doing backstage stuff. But of course, he comes back and wrestles later on. Yep, 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 yep. So, uh, Mr. Perfect is with Diesel. They go over the feud with The Undertaker and The Undertaker's mind games um, and he asks if it doesn't affect him. And the mind games, the big one was um, The Undertaker brought down a casket and The Undertaker gets beat down and Paul Bear gets beat down but this casket's brought down and Diesel opens it and it's a mannequin version of him symbolizing that he's going to die at WrestleMania. So that was Undertaker's uh, mind games leading up to WrestleMania 12. So he says he's going to beat the Undertaker, and then he's going to go after Sean. So, yay. Yay. There you go. Next up, man, Vince McMahon was fucking jazzed. Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior remaking his debut. Holy shit. Vince McMahon, I think, like, came in his pants. He was so excited. He would not shut the fuck up. Well, and of course, he had to berate Jerry Lawler for lying to him. Yes. Because Jerry Lawler said that the Ultimate Warrior was bald and weighed 400 pounds. (laughs) So, uh, Jerry wants a woman who is with Triple H to join him. And he says that he needs his Congressional Medal back. And his Purple Heart. And all the other medals he has. So he can show them to her. I thought that was a pretty funny line. Mm. King says that the Ultimate Warrior is now up to 400 pounds. 
Or so you heard from his sources, as you stated. Uh, Vince confirms that Triple H's valet is named Sable. I don't know who this woman is or who she's going to be. Uh, and his entrance takes about two minutes. So uh, having a long entrance, I wrote, was normal, even in 1996 for Triple H. Yes, but, you know, he it, it's a lot less wet na- back then. Yes. He didn't have to go through so many water bottles. Correct. He just had to bow a lot. Yeah, it, but the other thing is, uh, it was interesting seeing um, Triple H like this because he's so much smaller. He is. He's like, maybe, like, they. I think they said his build weight was like 240. He'd probably be like legit like a 220 guy like he's tall and he's and he's, he's kind built, of lanky. but he's, yeah he's built but he's not ripped yeah he's not he like become. super muscular i have a special connection with triple h because like all right triple h i come from the great state of new hampshire and so triple h is one of my favorite wrestlers because of that he was mr new hampshire 1991 oh wow yep and uh and there's a statue of Triple H in Manchester, New Hampshire. Really? Uh-huh. As Triple H or as his in his bodybuilding days? Uh as Triple H. Does it say terrorizing? No. It, <laughs> no. And and uh he owns a, a very, very, very big house uh about ten miles away from where I currently live. Oh wow. Um so like Triple H, um... You're like neighbors. Yeah, we're like neighbors, except, you know, he's never around because he's too busy in Florida. But occasionally you you can run into him at a at a local diner. Does he come and he's he goes, uh, all about the game. Uh, I want to order well, some eggs uh, and maybe some steak. Uh. Yes, he's just like, lots of fries, uh, <laughs> extra gravy, uh. I, I got know. two words for you. 10% tip. <laughs> um, sad, yeah. Yeah, and uh he's he's really he's really nice with all the fans and stuff like that. A really down-to-earth guy. That's good. Yeah. Um so um yeah, I don't have any cool stories like that. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh he comes out, Sable's out with him. Sable's really freaking young here. Holy cow. I didn't even recognize her at first, but I was like, that's got to be Sable. And sure enough, it was. But oh my God, she was young. Yeah, you know, what's what's really interesting is that uh, Sable debuts here. Yep. And then when, by the time next year, or by the time she starts wrestling, which is like within the next two years, she's aged like 10 years. Oh man, the road will do that to you. I guess. Um, Ultimate Warrior comes down to the ring. Uh, fireworks go off at the entrance uh, in the shape of a warrior symbol. He shakes the ropes. Fireworks go off in the ring. More fireworks when he gets in the ring. Vince McMahon does, I can't hear you yell over the crowd. Even though, like, no one was, like, some people were cheering, but I don't know if they, like, redid the crowd, but he did that. Whoa, what, okay? what the king? I can't hear my car so loud in here. Like, shut up, Vince. No, it's not. It didn't seem like that many people cared about Ultimate Warrior. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. Like, the the thing the thing about Warrior is that he was supposed to be the next Hulk Hogan, and he really wasn't, but he kept trying to be. 
Well, it and, also doesn't help when you're a jackass to your employer and, you know, file lawsuits and you know, all the other bullshit that he pulled. And change your name to Warrior. Yeah, just, uh, I know he's dead, talking ill of the dead, but fuck the he old wasn't Warrior. A, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't a, a good person. He's a fucking piece of shit human being. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just kind of get the sense, like, obviously he doesn't last long, but I mean, they try so hard to, like, shove him down your throat. I really wonder, like, were people clamoring, like, oh my god! I gotta get WrestleMania 12 because Ultimate Warrior's gonna be back. Holy shit. Like, they didn't even make mention to it on the Raw before WrestleMania. Yeah, no, I don't. Th- I, honestly, I don't think it was a, as big of a deal as Vince was trying to make it, but because he. Ultimate Warrior is basically one of Vince's greatest creations, he has to play it up as much as possible. Yeah. No, I hear you. So, uh, Hunter attacks Warrior from behind with punches. The crowd is dead. Missed clothesline, and then a pedigree, but Warrior stands right up, no-selling it. He then hulks up, doing his warrior dance, and, ch- and chops Triple H down, and then a bunch of clotheslines, and a running shoulder tackle by Warrior. He calls for the body press and hits it, and then slams him down, and then hits a splash to the back of Helmsley, and then pins him by sitting on his chest with his knees. And the Warrior easily picks up the win. Here's the thing. I thought this match, because I remember watching, like, early Kazaa days. Like, all they would have is, like, the pedigree and then the win. I thought this match was always, like, 15 seconds. Like, yeah, Triple H got buried here, but I thought it was a much worse burial. Yeah, and it's interesting that he was being buried because it's, like, not long after this, he wins the Intercontinental Championship and all this other stuff. I think they just wanted to put over Warrior Big, and honestly, I mean, Triple H was still new. Not new, but I mean, like, you know, we'd seen him the year before, but, you know, I kind of felt like they still hadn't broken out above maybe the lower mid-card. Yeah. And they were just like, whatever, just, we need a body. Triple H, sure, why the fuck not? You know, I, I, and then, like, look how long he lasted. Who cares? It meant nothing in the grand scheme of things. Right, but you ask him and he's probably still slightly bitter about it. I don't know. Eh, maybe. So yeah, what do you think of the match? I mean, there's really nothing to say about the match because it it lasted all of a minute and 30 seconds. Oh, is that, okay, yeah, so I don't have the times on me. But yeah, I was like, huh. I have to my wife, I was like, it's going to last 15 seconds. And then like a minute in, I'm like, Oh, it didn't last any longer. Good. That's good. He got some offense. Yeah. I mean, he mostly, it was mostly no sell, no sell, no sell. Pedigree, no sell. Yeah, I've never seen anybody fucking no sell the pedigree like that. Holy shit. Well, you'll never see it again. No shit. Todd Pettengale's in the back with new WWF superstar, the Wild Man, Mark Marrow, who used to be Johnny B. Bad. He's basically playing the Johnny B. Bad character from WCW. Yes, but he has less makeup on, so he doesn't look as much like. Yeah, he didn't Richard. have any. He didn't have any streamers. No, no, he didn't have any streamers. Or his cannon, or his like, uh, what was the gun he had? Streamer cannon. I don't know. I he don't had know. like he had these like little flashbang cannons that yeah. did like little spark things. It was weird. <laughs> but Mark Merrill says he's been waiting five years to come to the WWF. 
So he must just hate WCW. I, I don't know. But then Triple H randomly just bumps into him with Mero, uh, and then they start fighting. And Mero gets the better of Triple H, slamming him into the garage door, and then starts beating the hell out of him, and they cut away. Yeah, no, I thought it was really funny that, like, they called him the Wild Man, and then all of a sudden he starts fighting Triple H, and Triple H, you just hear, ugh, ugh, and then uh, right before <laughs> um, the Wild Man, like, charges him into the steel door behind him, he just yells, Rah! <laughs> and I was like, yes, Wild Man. Uh, yes, I was, and yeah. Uh, we cut back to the white Bronco where traffic is slow, and they come back to the arena. Like, literally, the Bronco was practically stopped because a white car was, like, stopped in front of it. <laughs> I don't know if they were supposed to go to that or something, but it seemed like a screw-up. I think that what I think they were just playing the chase footage all the way through. And they just picked a bad time. Well, no, the chase didn't go for that long. I think it was like fifteen minutes total. So I think they just played the entire chase. Oh man, maybe I don't know. Anyway, next match: Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Diesel, excuse me, versus the Undertaker with Paul Bear. Um, this is the first time we get Undertaker's, you know, spooky entrance that we've seen that kind of mimics today's. So, you know, I think this is kind of where it became normal for WrestleMania yeah, but, stuff. Yeah, and I would also say that this is the first Undertaker match of any quality that we've had. I agree. Yes, I agree. Before, it was either, like, squash matches or just, like, oh, man, there's this big guy, King Kong Bundy, uh... Who was the other guy? The muscles guy. Um, El, El Gigante. Uh, yes. Yeah. El Gigante. Oh, no. Undertaker can't survive chloroform. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah. Nobody can survive the power of chloroform. Not even the dead. Yes. <laughs> essentially not the dead. Um, so, yeah. Like you said, this is the first, definitely first match with someone worth a note. So, they lock up and Diesel gets the early advantage. With a whip into the corner and a clothesline. Uh, King says that it's not going to be... It's not going to be a catches Ken style match. It's going to be a brawl. Taker then comes back with a missed running elbow drop. They end up on the outside. And then the video cuts out. I, I think this is a technical issue. At first I thought this was like going to be a run-in or something. But then like nobody reacted to it, so... Uh, this was like a technical issue. The video cuts out the black, but we can still hear the audio. And then when we come back, Undertaker easily picks up Diesel for a slam. For a slam. Uh, and then Taker comes back with a flying cross body block for a two. And then he hits the old school, which I guess you call it current school. Um, a punch to Diesel. Uh, and then he falls to the ringside on his feet. Undertaker grabs a chair and tries smashing the head of Diesel, but he moves hitting the ring post. Taker then is thrown into the guardrail. Diesel breaks the uh, the outside count and then picks up Taker and slams him to the back first into the ring post. Jerry admonishes Diesel, calling him an idiot for why would you want to break the count to get the pin, you know, get the count of victory. Well, because nobody runs away from Big Daddy Cool, <clears throat> and he. And he'll he'll be the the best champion that the 
World Wrestling Federation has ever seen. By the way, he's not leaving for WCW soon. Yep. So uh, he picks him up again and slams him into the into the post again. Diesel is booed for posing in the ring while the Undertaker tries to get back in. A big boot by Diesel in the middle of the ring, and he calls for the jackknife. A rest in peace chant breaks out. The match is slow, and he just slowly beats the Undertaker with punches. Finally, a sidewalk slam and a pin attempt for a two by Diesel. Diesel continues the beat down and then hits a snake eyes and then a running leg drop. Uh, with the Undertaker uh, with, with the Undertaker is thrown across the middle rope. Once again, he calls for the jackknife, but again doesn't hit it. Instead, knees to the gut in the corner and then punches. The match is very slow at this point, and the crowd doesn't really care. Taker starts coming back with punches of his own, but they both hit big boots on each other, taking each other down. The ref starts to count. The Undertaker sits up at 8, breaking the count, and Diesel actually gets up first and then slaps on a bear hug. So, this match started off really fast-paced and good, but then, like, Diesel started going back to his moves of, you know, Knees in the gut in the corner and, and just really, really slowing it down. Uh, eventually, Taker gets out of the with an ear clap. Taker climbs the top rope and hits a flying clothesline. Uh, and he then slowly crawls over and tries for a pin and only gets a two. Uh, out of nowhere, Diesel hits a uh, jackknife powerbomb. And then rather than pin him, he gloats and just stares at the Undertaker. It's really fucking weird. Mm. He then uh, kicks him a few more times, and Undertaker sits up, and then starts beating, uh, starts beating him with punches, and then sits up for another jackknife power bomb, and he hits a second one in the middle of the ring, and again, Diesel just fucking taunts. He just stands around, staring at the Undertaker. And then he finally covers him. But the Undertaker gets a hand around his throat. And then he goozles him. Taker gets back to his feet with the hand still on the throat. But Diesel comes back with a back suplex on Undertaker. Undertaker sits up. Uh, and so is uh, standing back up as uh, Diesel turns around and tries with uh, punches. But Taker comes back with punches of his own. He misses a clothesline. Taker comes back with a flying somersault clothesline, and he goozles him again. A choke slam, but Undertaker goes down with him, so he slowly gets back to his feet, and he kneels, and then he calls for the tombstone pile driver. He scoops him up, hits his tombstone pile driver in the middle of the ring, and covers him for the three count. This match sucked. <laughs> I actually really like this match. I like the beginning. But then they lost the crowd. And then, it, I just, I don't understand why you hit your finishing move twice. And then you're just too cool for school. I'm not going to pin him. Why? Well, you're there because, to win a match. Yes, but, see, the thing is, is that the whole point of... Big Daddy Cool, or Big D, as they started calling him, oh, which I Christ. thought was kind of weird. Um, 
is that he is so confident in himself that yeah, I'll hit a I'll just hit another jackknife power bomb. It doesn't matter. The Undertaker's not a threat to me. And that's what made him lose is his overconfidence. Oh no, yeah, they told the story. Uh, good. I just thought I was fucking retarded. Well, I just thought it was so stupid that you hit your finishing move once. Okay, I can see I'm arrogant. I can do it again if I want. And then he does. I just ah, it's so stupid. And then Undertaker easily wins. So, I don't know. I didn't like the match. What what did you like about it? I just one of the things that I like in wrestling when it's done well is a big man match where you see these two larger than life people um fight it out. And I got that for the most part. I I agree that the match slowed down at points, but I think you also have to have those slow points, especially if you're Kevin Nash and you have a tendency to hurt yourself by walking. So <laughs> That's true. No, I agree. They're big men. They're not going to have tons and tons of stamina. So, yeah. So I, I think... For the most part, this is like the best big man match that we've gotten at a WrestleMania. Certainly better than Hogan Andre. Certainly better than a lot of the other things. Yeah, but I, I feel Hogan Andre was better because it just felt bigger. It just felt better. The crowd was so into it that it made it feel so much better. Yeah, I mean, crowd interaction is definitely a, a point that goes for things. And sure, we'll go with we'll go with with that but at the same time like technically i think that this was a more fun match for me to watch fair enough i mean i'm not gonna tell you you're wrong i mean it's your opinion but no i I hear you i know it was nice to see though undertaker actually face someone with substance yes so because yeah i mean most of the time he was fighting those old dudes from the 80s and then so all right Here's Undertaker versus Jake the Snake. Goodbye, Jake the Snake. Here's Undertaker versus Snooka. Goodbye, Snooka. You know. Yep. Basically. Yep. No, I hear you. All right. So Todd Pettengale is watching the security monitors, trying to see when, when Gold Dust and Rowdy Piper, will be arriving. Suddenly, they come flying into the arena, and Rowdy Piper sideswipes the gold Cadillac. Uh, Piper gets out, and finds uh, Marlena. But he's hurt trying to leave, so he kind of just waits for Rowdy Piper to find him. Goldust comes down to the ring and begs and pleads Piper uh, to quit. And eventually they make it to the ring. They again, um, Piper hits some punches. Goldust then works over the knee of Piper. And then a leg drop to the crotch of Piper. Goldust continues choking Piper with his shirt. And eventually wraps Piper's leg around the post. And then he uh, slams his leg into it. Goldust sex- uh, sexually chokes Piper. Uh, Vince McMahon says he's playing mind games. He then tries to kiss him, and Piper fights back. Goldust easily takes care of Piper. <clears throat> Goldust then goes to the top rope, but Piper shakes the rope, and Goldust falls, but still on the top, third rope. Uh, a headbutt by Goldust. Stops Piper, and then Goldust kisses Piper, but Piper gets angry and no-sells punches from Goldust. 
Piper attacks Gold Dust. Piper grabs his cock and then takes him down to the ring apron. Uh, like, yeah, it was weird. And then he hits uh, the knee to the crotch of Gold Dust and then starts spanking him. He then strips Gold Dust, revealing that he is wearing a thong and a bra underneath his costume. This is weird. It ends with another knee to the crotch. Piper's music then plays, and Gold Dust and Marlena leave the ringside. This this was awful. Yeah. I kept thinking to myself, why is it every fucking WrestleMania Gold Dust not Gold, sorry, Rowdy Piper has all the weird angles? Because Roddy Piper's a weird dude, or he yes. was a weird dude. I'm gonna grab hey, hey, Dustin, I'm gonna grab your crotch and you're gonna jump around and then I'm gonna spank you. I am going against everything I've been feared of. I'm just gonna grab your manhood. I'm gonna do things to you. Because I'm angry, damn it. Like, he did everything yeah. he was, like, afraid to do. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the Gold Dust character, especially in, in its original form, was a, a definite form of gay panic. Like, yes. that's what oh, it was definitely. designed for. Very. And does not age. It, it does not age well. And it's like, and Piper comes off as, like, this terrible person who you wouldn't want to be around if he if he talked like the way he did. He's a racist from previous WrestleManias. He's a homophobe. He's homophobe. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper is not coming off as, a, like, a very nice person. No, he's not um, very progressive. I mean, by all accounts, he's actually, he was actually a very nice guy, but oh, like, yeah. his character no, wasn't. Character. But, um... Yeah, no, this does not age well. I think this is also around the time that Dustin Rhodes um, wanted to get breast implants. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, what the f- Yeah, he asked Vince McMahon to give him a million dollars so that he could get breast implants. A million dollars? Yes. You would augment your body for- Would you augment your body for a million dollars? Well, no. No. I mean, I have tattoos and things like that, but, like- that's not necessarily like a huge change to yourself. I wouldn't no. do anything that requires. Well, no, surgery. I wouldn't think I could not. Okay, so for a million dollars, would you get a Mike Tyson tattoo? No. <laughs> do you have any wrestling tattoos? I don't. Oh. I don't have any wrestling tattoos. I have book tattoos. Book tattoo. Get out of here. Yeah. But if you said anime tattoos, I could say, okay, cool. No, I got I got a Harry Potter one, and I got a couple of other things. Oh man! Well, there you go. We've learned something new about Zach. I have zero tattoos. For the longest time, though, I've always said this for years. I'm just too nervous to get one done. I want to get a Homer Simpson angel tattoo on one arm, and a Devil Simpson Homer Simpson on another. Hmm. You know, good and evil. Yeah. Um. Maybe someday. I'm too much of a wuss. Um. Two athletes, two men, one hour. For Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, this is what it all comes down to. Throughout their World Wrestling Federation careers, both superstars have traveled down similar roads. Through heart, determination, and pure blood, sweat, and tears, both men have made it a point to simply be the best they can be. But now the question is, who is the best? Shawn Michaels. The 12-year-old boy from San Antonio, Texas, who had a dream of one day becoming the World Wrestling Federation champion. Trained by the legendary Jose Lotharia, 
the flamboyant and charismatic Shawn Michaels never stopped working to achieve his goal. Sweating his way through the ranks for over seven years, through the good and the bad, Shawn Michaels continued to follow that dream. The dream that would eventually lead him to Anaheim, California and WrestleMania 12. Bret Hart, the rugged technician, whose formal training came in a dungeon in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Under the guidance of his father, Stu, Brett learned how to methodically and technically wear an opponent down to the breaking point. For 11 years, Bret Hart has thrilled Federation fans, giving his all en route to becoming a three-time World Wrestling Federation champion. The excellence of execution, and most importantly, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. The best, the Iron Man, the champion. The first time ever, I, I can't really think of a whole lot left to say. Everybody knows the story. Now it's just time for the final chapter. Well, you know, for me, it's just the whole thing's finally coming to a head, you know. It's do or die, and, uh, you know, 60-minute Iron Man match, we're going to find out. Just how good Shawn Michaels is. I think everyone's going to see just how good I am. And I think uh, the way I look at it is uh, one man's sunset is another man's dawn. And tomorrow morning, I just want to wake up tomorrow morning with this. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, allow me to introduce a man who I can happily say now is officially... The president of the World Wrestling Federation, Gorilla Monsoon. There he is, the Hall of Famer, Gorilla Monsoon. Back in action. You can bet he was watching the match with Vader and earlier now, on. Ladies and gentlemen, this contest is the special Iron Man match for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. So another video package plays for the Iron Man match. Gorilla Monsoon is now president again, which I thought Roddy Piper was, like I said. Fink announces the Iron Man match. They go over the rules. Basically, um, the winner is decided with most pinfalls or submissions. You must break your hold on the count of four and be DQ'd on five. You could be DQ'd, which will then give the other person a win. And uh, there's countouts. So, yeah, you can win by countout, submission, or pinfall. Normal match, just, yeah. So, WWF Championship match. The Hitman Bret Hart champion versus challenger Shawn Michaels. Uh, Shawn Michaels comes down with Jose Lothario, and they play up the fact that he's been training and blah, blah, blah. 12-year boyhood history. Do you have anything to say before I get into the match? Mm, no. Okay. So I will tell you that I take a little bit of notes until more till the end. Because well, I'll, I'll get into why. Vince loses his shit when Shawn Michaels ziplines down this from the ceiling. Uh, Brett gets a normal entrance with some fireworks. The ref goes over the rules. Most falls in 60, uh, 60 minutes will be the new WWF champion. Pinfall, submission, countout, or DQ. The bell rings, and men, both men lock up. Bret Hart back shot into the corner. Uh, 
a set out in some amateur wrestling by Sean and Brett to start early. A long side headlock by Brett uh, as Sean tries to break it and they can't. They continue to exchange front face locks and arm ringers. The first 11 minutes, they continue to trade submissions. Michael skins a cat and attacks Hart with his back uh, turned. Michaels then is whipped into a uh, whipped in in a knee to the gut of HBK, and then a headbutt to the admin uh, by Hart. Hart goes for a rear chin lock, and we're 12 minutes into the match. Sean is knocked out of the ring accidentally, and the super kicks the timekeeper, trying to hit Bret Hart. Uh, both. Now, did you see who the timekeeper was? I didn't. It was Tony Chimmel. Oh man, superstar! Yes, he took it like a like a beast. Uh, they both roll back into the ring. Hart slaps on another rear chin lock. Michaels breaks the hold eventually. And tries to whip, but it's reversed to a short arm clothesline. And Hart once again applies a reverse chin lock on HBK. Michaels with a drop kick and then an arm drag into an arm bar. During the hold, several pin attempts occur uh, because Hart's shoulders are on the mat. Hart eventually rolls out and uh, tries for a whip. But Michaels reverses it with a knee to the gut and whips Hart's shoulder first into the uh, ring post. He then slams uh, the arm around the ring post for good measure. Michaels hits a delayed shoulder breaker and then climbs onto the second rope and hits a double axe handle smash to the head. Both King and Vince say that the first decision is going to happen soon. Michaels continues to work the shoulder and runs the shoulder into the top turnbuckle. A shoulder breaker again by Michaels, and then hits it uh, down knees to the shoulder, and then a uh, another arm bar by Michaels. Hart breaks the hold by dropping Michaels across the middle rope, and then slingshots him into the top turnbuckle for a two. <clears throat> Michaels slams Hart, uh, Hart's head, into the turnbuckle several times, but Hart hits boots, uh, boot to the gut, and Michaels is draped across the top rope, and another cover for a two by Hart. A running bulldog by Hart, and then climbs to the top rope, but Michaels has caught him, and Hart fights off the knee to the to a back to the back of Hart, who ends up knocking down Earl Hebner, a power slam by Hart, and a kick out at two. Um, they didn't play up really like the referee was dead. They just kind of knocked him down. He was like, oh, okay, that happened. They went on. I, I think I think that's because he wasn't supposed to fall down. I yeah. think Earl, Earl Hebner was in the way. Probably. Um, Hart then hits a pile driver for a super close near fall, but Michaels kicks out. Hart then goes to the top rope, but is pulled down by Michaels and he hits a hurricanrana and then punches. Michaels calls for the sweet chin music. And tries it, but Hart hooks the ropes with his arms. Michaels tries again for the sweet chin music, but Hart rolls to the floor. Michaels hits a flying crossbody to the ringside, uh, hitting Hart. Michaels and his back body drop to the outside by Brett. 
Hart then stops the count to ram Michaels back first into the ring. Um, Hart then drives his elbow for the second rope to the back of Michaels and then back uh, backbreaker and a leg drop for good measure. Hart continues to work the back and kicks the lower back. A top rope uh, reverse suplex from the top rope. After Michaels being whipped into the rope, uh, Hart goes for a cover and Sean kicks out at two. Hart then applies a camel clutch. Sean gets out of the hold holding his back, and is hits a sunset flip for a two. Hart keeps working over the back and easily takes back over. Michaels is put out uh, on to the top rope and then hits an axe handle. Uh, but Hart uh, hits Michaels with a superplex. Recovered by Hart for two. Hart isn't thrown into the corner and flips outside. Uh, and when fa- uh, failing to hit, oh, he, uh, when falling, he accidentally hits Jose Lothario. Uh, Hart then whips Michaels into the steps, and again, Jose Lothario is in the way, and he's hit. Uh, both men are now back in the ring at this point, with 15 minutes, uh, just passing. Bret Hart tries for another cover, and gets a two. Hart then tries for a suplex, but Michaels rolls up Hart for a two. Uh, but the kickout, Sean is then sent through the ropes again. And again, Hart hits a suicide dive. And again, the count breaks the count. Michaels is uh, now in the aisle. So, uh, on the ring. Oh, let's see. He goes back into the ring and Earl Hebner starts to count. Sean slowly starts to crawl to the ring and finally gets in at nine. Uh, he gets to the apron. Hart tries to suplex him in, but they try to. Uh, he tries to suplex, but he hits a bridging German suplex and only gets the two. But this time we're at 11.15 left in the match. Hart puts Michaels on the top rope and Alright, I'm gonna get to the end of this. So Okay. Basically, um th- they finally start to pick it up around two minutes left in the match. Um they they finally start hitting like Pulling out the big moves. Uh, Michaels hits a moonsault for a two. Uh, Michaels is pulling out everything. Michaels on the second rope, hitting a flying hurricane and again for a two count. One minute left at this point. Hart slowly starts to climb to the top rope and tries for a mu- uh, missile kick, drop kick. But Hart catches him and puts him into the sharpshooter with 30 seconds left. Michaels is fighting. And yelling no, that he won't quit. The crowd starts to chant down from 10 seconds. And the bell rings. And King says that Shawn Michaels has given up. The hold is released. And both men are on the mat exhausted. Gorilla Monsoon comes into the ring. And talks to Earl Hebner. Bret Hart then starts. uh, He grabs the belt and starts walking to the back. 
Howard Finkel then says that the match was going to continue on her sudden death rules. Hart is angry, and he throws the belt down in the aisle. He said there must be a winner. Uh, Brett, and then he starts yelling at Gorilla Monsoon, and then they start, and then the bell rings once again. Hart works the back and kidneys of Shawn Michaels. The backbreaker by Brett, and then whips him into the ropes. But Michaels reverses the uh, the top of Hart in the corner. Michaels hits a sloppy sweet chin music, and Michaels is pretty much dead at this point on the canvas. Earl have, uh, Hart is slowly getting up. Michaels gets back to the corner. It's a proper sweet chin music, covering Brett for the win. Jose Lothario comes in the win. All right, comes in. Brett clutches the title. Or sorry, Sean clutches the title. And, you know, the famous boyhood dream of Sean Michaels come true. Uh, Brett, you know, grace, 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 bleh. graciously leaves the ring while walking up the ramp. He has to watch Sean Michaels on the big screen. So... Um, I don't know how graciously it was because according to um, Brett Michael or Brett Michaels, Brett Hart's um, biography, um, <clears throat> Sean Michaels told uh, Earl Hebner to get that piece of shit out of my ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and I don't. From a storyline standpoint, I completely get it. Sean Michaels defend or not Sean? Michaels, sorry. Bret Hart defended his damn title. Bret Hart yeah. did exactly what he was supposed to. He got went 60 minutes. He was never beat. And now he's a champion. Yeah, no, but I... I but from a um, real-life standpoint, um, Bret took it as a uh, sign of disrespect from Michaels. Eh, I don't know. I just think it's silly. I I was just kind of like, why? Well, I, I get why Bret Hart's pissed off. He won, but then you know, Gorilla Monsoon's gonna be an asshole. And here's what I kind of find funny: they're like, Rowdy Piper said there has to be a winner. He's just doing what he was told. Like, okay, I don't know. Either way, I for the longest time. And the WWF has always had this narrative too, that this match was just so amazing, and the big, the best thing ever. It can't be topped, and you know, oh, the classic. This match sucked. <laughs> Fuck the WWE and their fucking revisionist history. I am sorry, for the first forty-four minutes or forty-five minutes. The first 15 minutes were nothing but fucking submission holds. This entire match was cool. Do a couple cool spots and then fucking lay on the mat. Do some cool spots. Lay on the fucking mat. Fuck this match. This match sucked and I am not ashamed to say it. I hated this match. This match was boring as balls. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I actually really like this match. 
Please, please enlighten me. Um, I really like this match because it has a really good psychology. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of slow bits. I will admit that it's not the five star classic that WWE would like you to believe that it is. However, um, Shawn Michaels picked the body part and worked on it. Bret Hart picked the body part, worked on it. Yeah. And, and they sold, and they sold it and it made, and everything that they did make sense. And there were spots in this match where there were things that I had never seen done in this match before or after. For example, um, Bret Hart whips Shawn Michaels into the ropes. He does that flare flop thing where yep. he flips up to the top. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I took about four paragraphs out of my notes here. I, I, I things like that I didn't I wrote down but didn't mention here. Yeah, but he like he did that flip up to the top ropes to sit there, and Bret Hart comes right behind him and does that back the back splash. Yeah, yeah. Like there were some really really cool spots that aren't that you won't see in any other match really. Um, do I think that it is the best match that has ever been produced by the WWF? No. Personally, when I watch an Iron Man match, I'm more of a fan of the other way of doing an Iron Man match, which is do as many pinfalls as possible. Because if you do as many pinfalls as possible, you're doing your rest spots while you're laying on the mat, pinned, pinning or being pinned. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I, I get the story. I, I do. My biggest thing was just... <sighs> I didn't realize how much rest holds there were I don't even call them rest holds just submission holds it was three minutes of a fucking arm ringer like, yeah I, I, I agree with you they did a good job at you know I'm wearing down the knee I'm wearing down the back but then they'd be like oh, I'm gonna do a moonsault oh, I'm gonna do a fucking German suplex like they easily transitioned from stuff that, you know, like, oh, you're using your hurt body part. And then they was like, I felt like there wasn't enough drama. Like, okay, yes, we saw Bret Hart work over the knee of Shawn Michaels or the back. Oh, let's see, he's the back. And Shawn would get up holding his back and hobbling around. But then he'd come back and be like, oh, I'm do this other move. You know, I, I really feel like they didn't really tell a good enough story about the injured body parts yes they stuck to them and they didn't forget which one they were working on which is always good but to me I wanted more drama and I felt like I didn't get that I can understand look you've got 60 minutes to kill I completely get it you're not going to go 110% until the end and even then you're dead tired anyway those lights are hot 100% get it but this match, my entire, my entire time watching the WF growing up, this match was the pinnacle. This match was uh, so highly regarded. Instant classic, five star. Oh my god, this match was never done before. And oh my god, uh, these two are just brilliant. And then I went back and watched it critically, and I had to take notes and I had to pay attention. And I realized. I hate this match. This match sucks. It was fun for the last two or three minutes 
when they finally started doing things. And I thought, you know, the little bits they did, those little sparks of, hey, let's do something other than a, uh, a, a submission hold were good. But in the end, I was just like, Jesus Christ. And then you get the stupid payoff of, oh, sudden death. Oh, switching music, done, dead. Well, I mean, they... Okay, but you... They had to do a quick overtime if they were going to do the match that they did. Oh, no, no, I, I, I agree. I don't know. I just... I didn't care for this match, and I was just really disappointed because prior to watching it, it was still to me like, oh, man, the Iron Man match. This thing is great. And then watching it, I was just like, oh, why? Was it the novelty of they did 60-minute matches? I I mean, mean, pretty much. Like, the only people who did 60-minute matches really were, like, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. And and those things were done... um, Well, I mean, like, 60-minute matches were, at one time, the standard. Like, everybody did 60-minute matches, but they weren't televised. Yeah. It's very hard to do a televised 60-minute match because... You'll get people like you who don't like it because it's very it gets very very slow at points. I'm not I'm not knocking you. I'm just no no I'm no. I, I completely get it. I mean, I'll be honest. So, I like the cruiserweights. I like the fat the fast matches. I like technical matches. I mean, like in the future here, we're gonna see under we're gonna see Chris Benoit versus uh, Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho and a lot of good people. But I I guess it was the thing of. This thing has been built up and built up and built up in my mind growing up as a fan. And I hadn't seen it in so long. I was wondering if it would, A, it would hold up. It doesn't, uh, in my opinion. I, 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 what do you think? I mean, it's certainly not as good as, as it is, has been built up to be. That is definitely the case. However, I still think that as a wrestling match, it's fine. It's just old-fashioned. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know. I think of Shawn Michaels back then being, you know, Flash and a lot of good moves and Bret Hart being a technician. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. So what do you think of Shawn Michaels finally winning the big one? Well, I think, you know, Shawn Michaels needed to win this match or else he would have been seen as a a flop. So the fact that he won is a good thing, I think, overall. As we will see as as we move along, him winning, maybe not necessarily the best thing. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for WrestleMania 13. Uh, God damn it. That is it for WrestleMania 12. And uh, what was your match of the night? Match of the night has to go to the Iron Man match. I know you don't like it, but it, it took up one-third of this entire pay-per-view. That it did. So it has to be match of the night. For me, um, it's toss between the tag team match and the Austin match. I think I'll say I like the tag team match better. Yes, I did enjoy Austin and Savio Vega, but I just thought everyone had a great role. 
in the tag team match. Um, the Vader Owen Hart British Bulldog versus Yokozuna Ahmed Johnson and Jake the Snake. That for me was my match of the night. Um, worst match of the night for you? Uh, Roddy Piper. Yeah, I agree. It isn't that good. All right, are you ready to find out what Dave Meltzer thought? What did the Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer have to say? All right, tag team match. Got two and a half stars. I think that's perfectly fair. Piper versus Goldust got nothing. Literally, it says not acceptable. Good. <laughs> Steve Austin versus Savio Vega. A two. Okay. Ultimate Warrior versus Hunter Hess Helmsley. Oh, no, there you go. That was the worst match. <laughs> Triple H versus Ultimate Warrior. I completely forgot about that match. Yeah, that match sucked. Got a dud. I would I would have given it negative stars, but okay. I agree. I would at least give it a negative one. Diesel versus The Undertaker. Got two and one, four, one quarter. Okay. And then Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Got four and one quarter stars. I kind of expected that. Well, I mean... <laughs> I would be very interested to go back in the archives for, like, Usenet or something. I would love to know what the consensus was. I mean, I have access to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter archive, but to me that feels kind of not fair to mm, do. Yeah, I, was, I want yeah. man-on-the-street, fan-on-the-street reactions. Now, they did say that this was, uh, for the Slammies at least, this was match of the year. Yeah, but the Slammies are a bunch yes. of crap. No, I, 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 I agree. So. Alright. WrestleMania 12 is in the books there, Zach. Yay. What was uh, what was your final final verdict on WrestleMania 12? I'm going to give it a 6. Alright, well. We'll give it a 5.5. Alright. It's a good show. Cut to the quarter end of the... Cut to the last 15 minutes of the Iron Man match and you're good. I think you could watch the entire Iron Man match and you'll be good. Okay, fair enough. Either way, I really like the show much better than WrestleMania 11. Um, yes. Diesel no still is not wowing me. Oh, yeah! I didn't even realize that you are correct. Finally! It is just... WrestleMania with wrestlers. Yay. Got it out of their system. For a while, at least. They did mention Cindy Margolis. I don't know if she counts. Okay. Anyway, check out WrestleMania 12 on the network. We're done for another Review Mania, but we'll be back soon with WrestleMania 13. Oh, man. It's going to be good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care. Yep.